What's good, good people? Vets, let's talk. Hey, we got a special guest in front of the Freemason again. Sergeant First Class, Shannon Ward. Hey, man, self-care, plans, and purposes. What we gonna be talking about today. But before we get started, click that like, share, and subscribe. You already know what I say, HBO special. Help a brother out. How you doing today, man? Hey, oh, whoa, 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 don't, don't let me forget. Hey, man, ParadeDeck.com is where you can find many more military influencers. Just reach out, look them up, ParadeDeck.com. Once again, how you doing, my brother? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm good, man. I think I talked to you this morning. I gave you a phone call to talk to you a little bit about the podcast. You said you was on a walk. And yeah, man. You, ju- walk. you jumped off real quick because you was about to fall on your head, man. Are you, are you okay? Did you make man, it through all right? Doing- Man, I'm doing great, man. I was uh <laughs> I was getting about a half a mile. I had about a half a mile left in it, and I tried to run that that last half mile just to get the heart rate uh super up and it's all uphill. So it's nothing downhill. Uh it's just straight uphill. And uh, you know, around that time, man, you heard how hard I was breathing. I was getting close to that build up. So all I was right. like, man, I need to get off the phone. I gotta get my mind right, man. And uh, you know, needless to say. I only made about a quarter of a mile running for how I walked the rest of it out. <laughs> sitting there thinking like, man, I should have got Janine's phone number just in case he kind of passes out because you know, <laughs> might have to call for, call for help. Put up the bat single. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> hey I'm man, what's the weather like down there? I know it's in Texas, but the weather is kind of different in these two different areas because Texas is like its own country. It it's, really is. <laughs> Um, the weather is really starting to cool down. Um, we've been in the 70s and 80s. It's going to be 80 today, 80 tomorrow. Now, uh, Monday, the high is going to be 50. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, the high is going to be 52. Wednesday's only supposed to be like 60. We won't get into nothing more than the mid-70s next week, dropping down into the 30s uh, during the night. And uh, man, I love this time of year, man. I got a, got a fire pit in the backyard, man. I was out there loads the day, bought some wood. You know, I like roasted marshmallows. Uh, and you know, just having a you know, I like uh Coke Zero, so hand me a can of Coke Zero, don't laugh, man. You know what I'm saying? And just sit back, roast the marshmallows, can of Coke Zero, and just you know, relax and take it easy. <laughs> I'm not gonna talk about that Coke Zero, bro, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm right? Gonna leave that alone. Yeah, this is good weather. Has it been raining a lot down there? It hasn't rained a lot, but it did rain last Tuesday, and it rained um, half of the day. So we we were like one and a half inches below for the year. I think we picked up like an inch, inch and a half. So you know we uh had some had some pretty good rain on uh, Tuesday. Yeah, it's been kind of raining at least three days in a row here. We've been getting mm-hmm. my grass been loving it, but at the same time I gotta get out there and cut it. You know. Hey man, that's relaxing, bro. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. When it, yeah, I guess it is. Throw the meal buds in and just get out there. Like I was gonna, honestly, I was gonna do it today. Uh, right. Like you know, you know, work in the yard. But uh, man, I was toe up after that walk. <laughs> I was like, I'm about to sit down on the couch and watch some football. Right. That's right. pretty much what I did. Okay. Let's, yeah. let's, let's let's go ahead and jump on into it. Let's get into it, brother. Hey. Are are you a visionary in your per and in your approach to transition from the military, or do you kind of hope everything falls into place? So 
I'm gonna say I was a visionary, but I want to quantify that by saying I was a lazy visionary. Um, you know, a lot of times, and let me explain. A lot of times we can have a plan. However, we don't always fully develop that plan. So because we don't take the time to fully develop the plan that we try to uh, accomplish when we get out of the military, when things don't go right, we start to be like, man, why is everything going wrong? And a lot of times because we uh, didn't completely develop the plan. And let me give you an example of this. And I tell this to veterans all the time. When you're in the military, you're who's who. When you get out of the military, you are who are you? And you get a handshake and say, thank you for your service. That's strong. Now let's keep it moving. So that's why, you know, I said that I did have vision, but it was times in my transition that I was lazy because like all veterans, I got 20 years of experience. They have to want me. And then you come to find out that that's not always the case. Matter of fact, what uh, the federal government did was uh, for every veteran that a company um, hires, they give them an $8,000 tax credit to encourage them to hire veterans. But in your transition, moving from military life to civilian life, you can assume that just because I served my country for 20 years or three years or five years or 10 years, that's instantly I walk into a job, charades fall from the sky, people cracking champagne bottles and welcome to the team and you're the guy we've been waiting for. We just couldn't wait for you to get out. That's not reality. So when we look at being a visionary, we have to we have to look this we have to think this thing through. Know that there are gonna be uh, some roadblocks, knowing that there are gonna be some things that we have to tweak, or we may even have to cut out of the plan that we have for ourselves. Right. So uh, that's my thoughts on being a visionary. You really gotta think it out, and then after you think it out, you gotta. Um, it's to me transition is a work in progress. Every some days you're gonna add stuff. Some things you're gonna take. Sometimes you're gonna take stuff away as your life changes or you adapt to your new lifestyle. Yeah. It's not an easy process, neither. It is not an easy process. You're 100% right. Um, okay. You have to see yourself where you're going before you go to where you need to be. Correct. And in, in, in the long scheme of things, because if you can't see it, I don't think you can really be it. You just give up quick if you just jump into something. It's like you transition. It's like you said, the change. That's a big shift from the military to civilian life, especially if you wanted did 20 years more that's kind of hard have you taken the time to identify roadblocks to fulfilling your plans and purpose so i actually want to go back and i want to uh, talk on the first question just a little bit more go ahead on, um, what you just said so good transition habits so hear me on this transition habits require planning planning and more planning we have to go from uh, we have to go from the fight or flight mentality of the military to the can I thrive or survive way of thinking. Mm. And people say, what's the difference between fight or flight and thrive and survive? There are places that you can live that may not be bad, but you're only surviving. There are places you can be that you have thought out your transition and you're thriving in that area. So um, part of being a visionary is planning, 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 and more planning 
So, so let me ask you this real quick. Those areas that you're talking about. So you, if you sit back, say, let's say where you at, where you are. Yes. You got out there and immediately you found a job. Yes. As And as opposed to an individual getting out in Chicago or, or New York, do you think it would be more beneficial for them there? No, I, I don't know if it's more beneficial, but I will tell you this. You, if you're not gonna live in an area, right? And this is something that I tell veterans. Like I've had veteran friends who they was gonna leave El Paso, and they said, as soon as I get out, I'm gonna buy a house. No, because once they see that you have a retirement date or an ETS date, the bank don't like funding you. So if you know that you're gonna leave an area and move, you may want to look at buying that house two to three years before you get out. So you have that stable income and you can show them what you're doing. Um, so I'm using that to say that a lot of times, if we're gonna not stay in the area that we were stationed at, you really have to have an advocate on that other side, or you have to go to the area where you wanna move and you really gotta plan it out. You gotta look at the schools, the neighborhoods, uh, the job market, uh, what veteran associations and things they have, what institutions or do they have for my spouse so that my spouse can be uh, successful in those areas too. Mm. So, uh, you know, that's why transition is, to be honest with you, transition ain't a, a one year thing. You know, some people have that mentality. I got a, I get a year, I got a year before I get out, I got a group retirement, I'm gonna make it work. And I'm not saying a year ain't good. However, 18 to 24 months from my perspective before you drop that paperwork to say I'm getting out this this ball gotta start rolling the wheel gotta start rolling planning this thing out to make sure you're successful in your transition that's 100% true 100% true hope y'all taking that in taking notes <laughs> song first class <laughs> hey have, have you taken the time to identify roadblocks to fulfill your purpose plans? Yes. Um, so yes. So we have to take and when we and when we look at roadblocks, every roadblock isn't a no. Some roadblocks are it's not the time, this ain't meant for me, or further down the road. So we have to understand that when we look at roadblocks, every roadblock ain't a I can't get this job, so it's nothing out there for me. No, maybe this isn't the season for that particular job for you. So you identify roadblocks. That's one way of looking at roadblocks. The second roadblock that you have to look at is your own you. As much as we think we're as good and squared away, and you know we're the smartest, strongest, fastest person that walked the earth, we have to look at our own roadblocks, our own proclivities. What things have we done or what things are shortcomings for us that could turn people off to us when it comes to the job market, uh, when it comes to networking and things of those natures. And those things that are shortcomings, you know, I used to tell people to hide them, but no, you don't hide them, you work on them. So you become better, so they're no longer a shortcoming in your life, mm. you know? So um, also roadblocks um, extend to family. You know, um, you have to look when you're transitioning out the military, is it, is it beneficial? And it's just the way I say it. If you're married, you have to take a holistic approach to your transition, particularly when it comes to roadblocks. It's pulling my kids out of school going to hurt them. Does my spouse have a good job in the area 
that we're com- that we're currently living in. Right. Am I comfortable in the area that I'm currently living in, and can I establish roots in that community and grow, and not only grow but th- but thrive? And I think a lot of times when we look at uh, look at transition or look at roadblocks, we see it from the rose-colored glasses or the white picket fence. Yeah, I'm gonna leave El Paso and I'm gonna go back to. I'm just using this as an example to North Carolina and. The job market is gonna rain down jobs and I'm gonna have so many jobs to pick and I'm just gonna pick this job and we're gonna get this big old house and we're gonna live good and transition in a straight line. Mm. Transition is mountains, valleys, going through the mud, health challenges, family stresses. You definitely have to take all of those things into consideration. Uh, And that's why I went back to my initial point that a roadblock isn't always a no, it's just, it's not my season right and you have to understand the difference between something not being your season and uh something that's uh that you have to have right now you know you talk to a lot of veterans and i'm just throwing this out when i get out I ain't accepting a job for less than sixty thousand a year well good luck on that buddy <laughs> you know i'm serious <laughs> that's real you know i always tell veterans this is something to think about let's say you're 100 disabled Right. You're 100% disabled. You're re- let's say you're retired E6 or E7, and you get a job making 40,000 a year. Man, you bring it home with all your own money. You bring it home at least 110, 120,000 a year. If you can't survive off a of double what you was making in the military, <laughs> something wrong. Something seriously wrong. Yeah. And <laughs> unlike the military, let me tell you, because I've been in the civilian workforce now for about five years. It ain't like in the military where, you know, when you work hard, I'm going to give you some comp time or, you know, you done work hard. Hey, soldier, go take this day off. No, I'm paying you 60000 a year. I expect you to work some nights till 10 o'clock. <laughs> if you don't get a day off on the weekend, I expect that. Am I making sense to you? Yeah, completely. And, and you have to take all of that into consideration that the military runs off of government money. So they don't care. I mean... They don't want you fraud, wasting, and abusing, but they don't care if you cut an hour here or take a LaDonza here or a day off. But that private business or that small business, if you ain't living up to that 60000 hey, we, we, we got to have a conversation to get your productivity back up. <laughs> True statement. Pink slip. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Yes. So those are things you have to look at. Um, when you're looking at roadblocks, even work-life quality, something that people at my job get mad at me for saying. This is a true statement. I am not the current job that I do. It's a part of who I am. Meaning, I'm expendable. Meaning, if I mess up, if I get sick, if I get die, if I die, somebody is going to replace me. I am expendable. So it's not who I am. It's what I do. It's a part of my life, but it's not my uh, uh, it's not my life as far as everything about me. I look at it from this perspective, and I hope uh, whoever watched this video heard this. When I was in the military, I gave my all. Man, man you know, man, soldiers would get in trouble one, two in the morning, I'm at their house, dealing with spouse and soldier not getting along. Whatever it was, I gave my all, even at the expense of my family. I said, when I got out of the military, I wasn't doing that. Mm. If, if we get a 59-minute rule, I'm the first one out the door. <laughs> when it's time to take some time off vacation, I'm the first one with my hand. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to do my job. I'm going to be the best I can be at my job. However, my job is not 
who I am is what I do. And you can't go into a civilian job with a military mindset that I just got to be there all day and show I'm dedicated. Man, you pass out, you die, you get sick, they're going to replace you with somebody. Just the true, true fact of life. It is. It is. So, so you have to make that transition. You know, even as a soldier, I kind of wish I had that mentality that I would always take care of my people. I would always sacrifice uh, to make sure my soldiers, those around me were squared away. But at the end of the day, I wish I would have had somewhat more of a mentality of it's what I do. It's not completely who I am because, because it was, because I made it completely who I, who I was at the time. I felt like I didn't need to go to college. I felt like I didn't need to take a knee and just work on my family. I felt like it was okay for me to miss my kids basketball games or football games or my daughter cheerleading. I felt like it was okay for that because I just wanted to embody being in the army. And while I may have embodied being in the army, when I got out of the military, roadblock was my family won't used to me being there for it. We have to find a way to work that out. So those are things that you have to look at roadblocks. How do you get back connected with your family? And let me tell you, for people who say you tight with your family, you tight with your family, yes, I don't disagree with that. But when you get out of the military, you ain't deploying, you ain't going to PT, you ain't working late, you ain't getting called in the middle of the night, and you come home every night, it's a different relationship, a bond of living with each other that has to be developed. That is so true. Yeah. That is so true. You got to transition back into the household. That's right. That's a different type of war. That is a different type of war. <laughs> <laughs> and because... You know, your spouse has become independent. You know, uh, you know they're used to uh, working, you know, with you not being there, making decisions with you not being there. And now you're coming into the fold. You know, I'm a guy, so I can only speak from a guy's perspective. Daddy's home, you know what I'm saying? Daddy got it. Daddy wanna, you know, take the front, take the lead on this. You know, you don't have to worry about that. And sometimes it can create conflict because your families get used to doing things a certain way because you're not always that's so true man hey so so did you write out a plan and does that plan evolve as your life evolves so here we go right you know I ain't trying to bring Bible into it but I'm gonna read a couple of scriptures Habakkuk 2 verses 1 through 3 and I'm gonna just read this real quick it says uh Actually, I'm going to read verses uh, 2 and 3. It says, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. It says, Write the vision, make it plain upon tablets, that he that see it may read it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. I am a believer. Even if you, first let me say this, even if you don't believe in God through Jesus Christ like I do, is wisdom in the Bible that you can read, like what I just read in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, about writing a vision, make it plain. Um, so I believe in writing out your vision. Um, but before I write out my vision, let me tell you what I did. And this, some people will say, man, why would you do that? But this is what I did. I took a piece of paper, I put a circle in the middle, and I put Shannon in it. And then I put all these lines around it. And I put strengths and weaknesses in or all around it like my thinking board. So I looked at all my strengths and weaknesses. And from there I said, these are things that are good, that I can uh, that I can use as strengths to potentially get into the workforce. And these are things that I need to work on 
also that could be hindrances to me. So even before I made my uh, my vision board, I had to be realistic about who I am as a person, my core beliefs, my core thoughts, things that I was going to stand for. And one of the things um, when I was looking, identifying me that meant something to me was family time, not working on the weekends, right. and having a nine to five. Am I making sense to you? Yeah, big time. So once I brainstormed out Shannon, what Shannon needed, at least the initial concept to be successful, then I started creating my vision board on things I could, um, uh, jobs that potentially could suit me if I could get my foot in the door. You know, so we always have to take that look at ourselves. And part of me taking that look at myself before I wrote my uh, vision board was, uh, taking a holistic approach to myself uh, where there are veterans facilities around that could accommodate my needs, where there are veterans facilities around after hours and what what uh, benefits did, did the state I was in, I'm in the state of Texas, that helped, benefit, that helped veterans be the best they could be. So part of making your vision board is you have to look at your location, uh, location, taxes, uh, school systems, um, uh, mental health uh, places, uh, uh, just places to get your your uh, you know your spirit, your soul, you know, just get you order. So yes, when you when you write your vision board out, you have to put everything into perspective and say these are things that I would like to accomplish, or these are things that I want to set in order that would uh, benefit not only me but my family. So yes, writing the vision out, making it plain is really important because if you don't have a vision how can you move forward right. think about it in the in um battle what does the guide on stand for that's the vision of the company you follow the guide on that's your purpose you follow the that's what keep everybody as long as you see that flag and it's moving forward what are you supposed to do you're supposed to move forward with it yeah. so your vision board writing down your plan that's your guide on that's your God on giving you purpose, or not giving you purpose, but showing you the direction that you should move in. And that that is an outlook that you use to continue to move forward. That's big, man. That's big, writing everything down and make it plain. Just like you just yes. said, and make it plain. Make it make sense to you. It, you don't have to take this to nobody and say, hey, could you look over this and see if it makes sense? This is, this is your plan. This is what you're going to eat up. This is what's going to make you have a sense of fulfillment at the end of the day. Yes. Hey, do, do do you create milestones to achieve in your transition? And oh, of course. Do you, do you hold yourself accountable? Of course. To make corrections yes. if those milestones are not achieved? Yes. So let me, uh, let me, let me, you know, break that down. For me, one of the biggest milestones I had was education. Mm. And for me, education was big. And let me tell you, I didn't even want to graduate high school. I wanted to go to job school. I was like, man, I was I was more, you know, into running the streets than wanting to go to school. My parents was like, look, either you graduate from high school or you can move out more or less. That was the thing. You ain't going to job for. And I'm so glad they did that. You know, I understand in this, you know, society or generation, we may say that's harsh. But for me, I needed that. I needed them to say that there was something that, that you were smart enough to finish high school and that you were gonna finish high school and that you were gonna go do do some things. So I made it through high school. I got my act together. My senior year of high school, um, 
doing it, I had to go to both semesters. During the day I went to school, at night I went to school. I did that for both semesters. And I had to go to summer school and graduate that summer after the rest of my class graduated so I could make it to basic training on time. Mm-hmm. But, um, the, but, but the point that I'm getting at is I had a milestone for education. When I got into the military, I got a little lackadaisical with education. Like, man, I don't got time for this. I don't feel like doing this. But toward the end of my career, education became important to me again. So I went and got my, uh, I went and got my associates. And um, I went and got my, my uh, bachelor's degree. And along the way of my bachelor's degree, I got lazy. You know, I was doing just enough work to make it. And I had failed two classes. I'll never forget this. And I went to my battalion commander. And I was like, I, I need to hurt 05 or above to sign that paper so you don't have to pay for the class. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about if you in the Army. And my battalion commander was like, Sergeant Ward, I am not going to sign this paper. Hmm. I said, why? Because you're not stupid. You're just not applying yourself. Am I making sense to you? Big time. And when she told me that, it made me have to take a hard look at myself. And I took that hard look at myself and said, I am smart enough to do it. I'm just not prioritizing my my priorities. So after I had to pay for that class, this is education. I really started to prioritize my education. And I prioritized my education and I made it out with my, um, I I made it out. I finished my uh, bachelor's. Then I finished my bachelor's and was like, man, I'm smart enough to get my master's degree. Mm. So real tough. So, you know, um, during the pandemic, I was working from home. Man, I knocked my master's degree out in 10 and a half, pretty much 11 months, man, because I was working from home. And people were like, man, how, how could you do it? During the pandemic, when you were sitting home in the house all day, I had insomnia like crazy, man. So I was waking up 2, 3 in the morning. I get up 2, 3 in the morning. I can have all my homework knocked out by 7.30 in the morning. You you know, wake up, go to work, do your little work. Anything I didn't finish by 1.30, 2 o'clock, I was knocking it out, you know, and I was I was done for the day. I had got so good with it. I was like, man, I could take multiple classes and, and, and be good with it. But I made milestones. And during that pandemic, a milestone of mine was I wanted to get a master's degree. And guess what I did? I got my master's degree. Got that master's degree. Started in 2020, and I graduated in 2021. <laughs> I just kept pushing and I just kept working and I kept telling myself you you can handle this you're smart enough and I just want to talk to veterans because you know I heard a lot of veterans be like well I'm not smart I'm not good at nothing you are good at something if if, if you can handle a weapon if you can uh, plug uh, uh, use a plugger to put um, communications together link them into battalion comms uh, if you can disassemble a, a, a weapon uh, if you can read a map, you have skills. You have skills. Now, you have to learn how to take those military skills and adapt them to civilian life. But never downplay yourself and say, hey, you know, I want that smart. You know, I just made it through the military. Listen, everybody can't make it through the military. So if you've made it through, that means that it was something in you that was, that was uh, unyielding, unbreaking, disciplined and had a will to thrive so you are somebody you do have skills you just have to identify what those skills are and then apply them in a civilian uh perspective like i shot a video 
don't forget it's like you got to remember that individual you were when you joined the military mm -hmm. because everything about that person was you had victory on every every step of the moment the pt test i'm gonna pass it this victory right. tower i'm gonna pass it you're right it, it didn't matter i'm gonna go on this field and i'm gonna be okay that's Anything right thing that they put in front of you you had the mindset that you can do it i agree but you can do it you lose your purpose thinking that military was your purpose but it was just something you did and I want to throw one more thing in there right um, and this is for if you're single or if you're married you are not created when you get out of the military right and you start a new life or even in the military you are not just created to pay bills and die a lot of times we have that mentality that, you know, I'm just here to pay bills. I'm here to just make sure everybody's taken care of and be miserable and die. No, if, if anybody's telling you that, you're wrong. Now, do I believe you should be responsible? Yes, I do. But I also need people to understand that you were not created just to pay bills, be miserable, and die. You were created to handle your responsibilities, but also enjoy life. Also, go on walk. Be part of veteran groups. Take your kids to the game. Support them at their volleyball games. Go play golf. Go play basketball. Go on a vacation. Go to Jamaica. You were created for more than just to uh, give, 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 and not receive some of the beauty that this earth can provide you. Man, that's big. <laughs> Enjoy life is what he's telling y'all to do. Yes. You just get out of the military. I need to go back to work and make some money. Yes. Uh, you're 100%. I'm not telling you not to make some money, but you need to take some time yourself to decompress. That's <laughs> you are no good to nobody until you're some good to yourself. Exactly. Yes. That's big. On that, man, do you believe you have a purpose? Yes, I do believe I have a purpose. Um, real quick, and I'm not saying this as a joke. If there's anybody who believes you don't have a purpose, I want you to take your right hand and put it on your chest. When you take your right hand and put it on your chest, you feel that beating. That's your heart. And it's beating. As long as you got breath in your lungs and a beating heart, you got purpose. You have to find that purpose. You have to transition that purpose from a military style of thinking into a civilian style of thinking. So, yes, every person, you know, um, has an innate ability of purpose. You have to find your niche. Your niche could be like uh, what... Uh, what Mr. Don here is doing. Um, I believe a great part of his purpose is this podcast, reaching out to service members, regardless of your branch, letting you know that there's other people out there who uh, deal with some of the same stuff that you deal with. And it's groups that you can talk to and hear the wisdom and experience from other people to help you make conscious uh, decisions that not only benefit you, but benefit those around you. Because I'm a firm believer in whatever your purpose is, it shouldn't cause hurt, harm, or danger to yourself, or anybody else. So to me, uh, your purpose should always bring a good to be or good to people around you. It shouldn't tear nobody down or beat nobody up or make somebody feel like they're less of a person than you. But it should genuinely help the community and help yourself and make the world a better place. That's big, bro. That's big. So do you understand your purpose? Um. I do understand my purpose, um, but also understand that in understanding your purpose, your purpose will evolve. Um, for me, 
part of my purpose when I first got out of the military was my family needed me. They needed to be around me. So my purpose, even though I was working, was how can I be a better husband? How can I be a better father? Uh, how can I be a better friend? Because, you know, sometimes in the military, we have friends and we get into the hustling floor, duty station to duty station, they somewhere, you somewhere. Uh, we tend to lose contact with people who have been good friends or anchors in our life that have helped us get through some rough and tough moments. So understand that part of understanding your purpose is um, realizing that, uh, again, kind of what I said, uh, your purpose shouldn't hurt, cause harm or destruction. Um, and, you know, when I look at part of my purpose, uh, honestly, I love talking to people. Um, you know, so uh, I love being, uh, if I can, an inspiration to people, letting people know that you ain't struggling on your own. There's other people that uh, kind of deal with some of the same things that you deal with and just generally try to be a positive person. That's what every day I wake up, I try to be positive. I try to say, you know, is it something that I can say that'll brighten somebody's day or give them hope or give them encouragement? You know, so you just got to find what your niche is. Even though uh, on my job now that I work now with a as a, a food inspector, even when I'm out inspecting and I'm talking to people, hey man, you got this, man. Hey, we all make mistakes. Things happen. Hey, you know what? You still doing good. Don't worry about just because you messed up right there. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So I'm always trying to find ways to um, encourage people and to let people know that you do have purpose. And you, not you, but whoever watching this, you just have to find, <laughs> you just have to find your purpose. You have to find what works for you. And it's going to take some trial. But once you find that thing that you're good at, you know, and keep in mind, you don't have to be a computer guru. You don't have to be a money manager guru. You don't have to be none of that. But what makes you smart is the fact that you know the resources you have to help make you better. So, uh, you know, part of it. And, and then once you get your purpose, uh, you know, um, walk in it you will always find, you will know when you're walking in your purpose you know i can't explain it but it's a it's a it's a confidence that yeah you know i'm walking in on what i'm doing it's 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 fulfilling um it brings uh gratitude to other people i feel like i'm helping other people i feel like i'm contributing to the uh to society and my community you will know when you're walking in your purpose and, uh, you know, just something that I, that I want to talk about a little bit, and then I'll give it back over to you. Uh, first, I want to um, just let everybody in Maine know who lost a family member. It was 18 people. That my heart goes out. Uh, I have prayed for everybody that lost a family member between that bar and the bullet. Even those who got shot but didn't die. Last I saw on the news, it's still three or four people that are in ICU critical condition fighting for their life. And my, my thoughts and prayers go out to them too. Uh, my thoughts and prayers even go out for the gunner. And I know some people can't say that, you know what I'm saying? But he was an individual too. His family was our people just like us. And he had issues going on that didn't get addressed. And uh, I don't know if anybody's been watching it. You know, but, and I'm not on his side for what he did. Wrong is wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But he left kind of a manifesto. And in that manifesto, when I listened to what they read over the news, he had got put out in the military because he was having PTSD and mental health problems. Strike one. His girlfriend dumped him. Strike two. Because of his mental health issues, 
he lost his job, strike three. And he had a son, and he was kind of estranged from his son, strike four. He lost his purpose. He lost everything that was in his mind dear to him and had nothing to live for. And what I just want to say, uh, if you are that out there, even if you hit rock bottom, you still got purpose. Go talk to somebody before you do something destructive. I'm not validating what he did. I condemn shooting innocent people for no, for no reason. I condemn that. However, when you look at his life, it feels like he didn't have a plan and he lost his purpose. And as vets, never allow yourself to get that low. Before you do that, go to a hospital. Call the vet hotline. Dial 911. Call whatever or whomever you need to to get you the help you need and somebody to talk to you before you go down that road of inflicting pain on other people. Because because he lost, because he lost his purpose, he decided to inflict pain on other people. And it just breaks my heart to see that. And I wish his unit or somebody would have recognized what was going on with him and would have been able to uh, reach out to him before he felt like that was his only way to, uh, to um, I guess, make, I don't know what was going through his mind, but to the point that he snapped to do that and then take his own life. Right. That's big. It's always somebody that will sit back and grab you and tell you you're about to do the wrong thing. Yes. But at the end of the day, it's always up to you not to do that wrong thing. I think, that is correct. I think a huge part of that, of reaching out, and not even on that subject is to be vulnerable. Correct. Because if you can't have yourself like exposed to 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 another individual by by with your problem, yep, you're gonna have a hard time in life. Because there is someone. It don't even have to be a family member or friend. You get on the phone. I think that's right. And and call the suicide hotline. It don't even have to be about suicide. They will talk to you. Yes, they will. I, I called them twice. I'm being transparent. I, and they would sit there and talk to you. Yes. Because sometimes, I, I know, it's kind of hard to have family members and friends and talk to them. And they'd be like, man, I wonder what they're going to think about me if I sat back and told them this. Yes. For one, if you run them off by your situation, they're not meant to be in your life. True. Two, if that person that you talk to and they give you good sound advice, not even sound advice, they just sit there and listen to you and they're still there after the storm, that is an individual that you need to keep in your life, like Shannon Ward, you know? Yes. That's, the, that's, <laughs> yes. that's my man's right there, you know? So we've yes. been we've been friends yes. over 10 years. Over yes. 10 years. Uh, I'm gonna tell you, give me a minute. 2019 was 10 years, 14 years. Right. So, yes. hey, you never lose certain people that's, that is asset. Yes, <laughs> I, and I feel the same. Yes, sir. You don't lose assets. And you that don't have to be that. monetary. That that like, that like mental was a huge part of that. Yes. Somebody that's not there to set you straight on who you are, what you're what you doing. Hey, I want to, before I close out, bro, I want to take it back to a question that we had. You know, we kind of jumped off. Roblox, could you give me one of your roadblocks that yes. that that that, that kind of hinders you. Yes, um, I'm a horrible listener at times. We and it's been times where if I just would have listened, it would have caused me a lot less headache, a lot less stress, and I probably wouldn't even have gotten into an argument. Uh, so for me, listening 
has uh, it hasn't always been uh, it hasn't always been an issue. But I noticed when I got out of the military, you know, I was on first class, so for the most part, I don't I want to use the word I barked orders, but right. I kind of gave out what needed to be done. You understand what I'm saying? So you know, getting out of the military, not being uh, in charge like that anymore. You know, I I didn't have a listener's ear, and one of my biggest roadblocks was jumping to conclusions, not having a listener's ear. And I really had to train myself to uh, allow myself to uh, be a listener. And I'm gonna tell you something. Every one of your friends don't have to agree with you, and that's something else I had to learn. You need different opinions because it allows you to make a holistic perspective. You don't always need an amen forming around you. You need some people like um, Don was just saying that will listen, understand what you're saying, but nah, man, you're going down the wrong path. I'm telling you that because we're friends. You're my boy. I care about you. You know, so it's good to also, while it's good to have people that agree with you, it's good to have people around you that ain't afraid to say, nah, man, that's stupid. Or, man, maybe you need to look at it from this perspective, you know, where you don't get tunnel vision. So for me, one of my roadblocks was being an effective listener. Mm. You know, and sometimes, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, I've gotten a lot better uh, to the point now where I rarely talk when I hear people say stuff. But if every now and then, I have to work on that, you know, cause it'll try to go back to, you know, some first class moments, you just kind of barking out the orders. So one of my biggest roadblocks was not giving people time to express themselves and listening to their importance. I asked that question for a reason. I knew he was going to say that because I think 80% of the individuals that get out of the military that was an NCO or officer have a problem with taking in information from other people because it's not that they think they know it all. It's just that they want things done in the way that they want it to be done. Correct. So it takes some communication training on on a certain type of level level and understanding that you have this problem because you don't understand you got that problem we got a problem that's right <laughs> <laughs> you're 100% correct yes hey man I appreciate you for getting on this show for the third time it's probably going to be the fourth because I think we need to talk about something else and I'm going to fill you in on that Fair but enough. man I appreciate appreciate you man three times this is like I'm going to throw it out there this is not easy to, to kind of like get on here and talk to people spell out your heart and you know, and, and get people to, to to take heed to what you're saying. It's not it's not easy getting guests on here because telling people who they are and what they do is is a huge part of their identity. You're exposing True. yourself. True. And, and and it's like I said, a lot of people don't want want people in their business or per se in their mind. I think it's like the the um imposter syndrome you bringing somebody a representative not really telling them who you are or what went on in your life especially if you got somebody in your life that's been there for 15 20 years you kind of you know you got to be a beacon at times but hey about to close out got a quote i don't have the name but i got a quote the secret to success is consistency to purpose you weren't born just to live a life and to die you were born to accomplish something specifically. Matter of fact, success is making it to the end of your purpose. That is success. Success is not just existing. Hey man, best let's talk. Who's up next for formation? Out. <laughs>